Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Alright, welcome to Life the Life is, is hard. hard podcast. Um, it could be worse. I don't know how you doing over Life there. Good start, good start. Good start? <laughs> good start to the podcast or good start to yes. how you're doing? No, I'm 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 applauding your oh. intro. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but our happiness is genetically moderated. People have a certain happiness level, a range of happiness that they will stay in because there's something genetic about your happiness level. And so what will happen is like something great will happen and you'll become very happy, but you only basically become, you might, you might like exceed your moderated level, but not for very long. You'll fall quickly back into the range that you generally stay in. And you my have an am- amplitude, basically, like a wave. Yeah, a sine yeah, wave. yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a you know how how happy are you normally? I mean, you've met people that are just generally happy. They come into work and they're like, "Hey, everybody, how's it going? Hope you had a great weekend." You know, later, and you're like, "Ah, shut the fuck up." You know. Yeah, those people piss me off. Yeah, but I mean, those people are they're one end of the spectrum, and then you got people like me who are always like, "Life is hard." You know, um, <clears throat> but it could be worse. Oh yeah, it definitely could be worse, and that—that's my upbeat. That's my—that's that my range of happiness is from. <laughs> that's is, that's is, it. It's from right there. It's from <laughs> life is hard to it could be worse. That's my range, <laughs> and so you shouldn't expect much from me because I'm always going to be in that range. People are like, are you happy how the election went today? I'm like, eh, you know, I'm as happy as I can be. I don't think it went well, did it? Not super well. It looks like Virginia might win the legislature, the state legislature. Oh, I didn't know Virginia was in the mix. I thought we were talking about the Kentucky and Mississippi. Yeah, those didn't. Races. Those aren't looking good. But Virginia, right. Virginia uh, had all their legislators get elected, forty of them, and it looks like they're going to get twenty-two Democrats. And that's a huge deal because it's the first time the Democrats. If if they win, which this isn't a done deal yet, but if they win, it will be the first time they've had control of the House in a long time. In Virginia. This is just for the state legislator. No, we haven't we didn't have any I don't think there were any federal races at all that I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't of. think I don't think there can be. I think they all Well, there could be a pickup race. Like if somebody well, if, yeah, okay, if somebody yeah. had died or you know, or some state had gerrymandered their maps so badly that we had to have another election, something like that, yeah. I actually went to see if there was anything to vote on today, and there was nothing. You went all the way to Virginia? Yeah, I wish I, that would have been better. At least I could have had some polls. I wouldn't have had to go that far, actually. I could have gone just into town. But in the county, there was nothing. I've Let's got, get some funny stuff so my range of happiness can grow higher. Okay, so it turns out that people on the Internet are using the Internet to diagnose STDs. So like on Reddit... There's a subreddit. I, th- I think it's for medical stuff. I don't think it's specifically for STDs. But people will go on there and they will post pictures of their inflamed and oozing genitals <laughs> and ask for a diagnosis. Turns out it's pretty effective. Um, they said awesome. That they said about 90% of people get a diagnosis within 24 hours. There's a couple of actual certified doctors in that uh, group. Um, now, I mean, the diagnosis may not be very good, 
Like it's only based on what they can figure out based on the photo. But now here's the deal though. So so they, they said the reason this is happening is, you know, partially the age old reason of you know kind of ashamed to go to the doctor and say, Why is my penis oozing this yellow pus, right? Right. Um, but there's also the reason of, you know, healthcare is is difficult to get now. So people have this sort of like, you know, I can't I don't have a doctor. I don't have anybody to go see. Um, I guess you could go to an urgent care for that. Um, well, actually, oh, they're, they're super expensive. Yeah, but to be fair, if you have an STD, there's a pretty good chance you could go to some county, you know, county health office because that's something that the county, the, the government generally cares about controlling STDs. I know right. the last time I wanted to get checked, I went to the county office. They had they had a place where it didn't cost me anything, so that's probably not a great argument. But anyway, the the, the thing that, that that interested me in the article was uh, aside from just the funniness of people posting pictures and asking for diagnoses on the internet. Was that somebody, you know, one of the prudish doctor types who was commenting on this story said, the internet is is not the place to do this. You can't get a good diagnosis over the internet. And now I completely disagree. Now, I do agree that a picture probably isn't enough to diagnose anything because you generally take a swab and do, you know, some some tests to see what sort of bacteria it was or whatever. But do you realize all the gadgets, the medical gadgets they're coming out with every day for smartphones? They've got things you can stick in your ear to look down your ear canal. That your basically your smartphone will take a picture. You know the little thing that the the ear doctor would stick in your ear with a light on it. They've right. got they've got um, you know thermometers and and you know things that will test you know I think blood pressure probably. But anyway, all this just plugs into your smartphone, and they're. They're relatively inexpensive gadgets because they don't need to have the computer part. They just need to have the sensor, right? And and then the computer, your smartphone provides the computer. Not only that, but it provides the uplink to the internet. So right. it, it won't be long, and you're going to have a little home health kit that plugs in your iPhone. And I'm not saying this out of, out of the. I'm not pulling this out of my ass. This is this is real. It won't be long, and and everybody will have this little you know hundred dollar kit that they can just plug into their smartphone. And, you know, shove a probe up their ass and maybe one up their nose and stick one in their ear and, you know, whatever. And just send a report to the doctor and the doctor will say, this is what you've got. And uh, no, not even the doctor, the AI. Because the AIs are better at diagnostics than doctors are. It'll be Dr. Watson. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) you know, to say that the internet, maybe right now where we're at, the internet's not the best way to diagnose disease. But this is the future. This is the beginning of something much bigger. This is where we're going because, you know, nobody has, okay, first of all, even if you had a doctor, who has time to go see the doctor? Even if we have Medicare for all, you've still got to take time out of your day to go drive to the doctor's office, sit in the waiting room for an hour, go in, sit on the stupid table for half an hour. They're like, the doctor will be right in to see you, right? And and you're waiting, you're sitting there in your gown, and you're thinking, well, it'd be nice if I could just go home, but now they've got my clothes. You know, they've taken my clothes from me, and I'm sitting here in this paper gown on this cold seat waiting for this doctor to show up so he can stick a probe up my ass. And I could have done that at home and sent him the results, you know. But no, I mean, this is time-consuming. I mean, come on, listeners. Have any of you gone to the doctor? You don't get in and out of the doctor in 10 minutes. No, not even close. Yeah, I mean, you had a recent experience where it took you all day. And, and half of the all day was just trying to get a damn thing faxed. They assume that your time is worthless. They act exactly. as if all, Yeah, they act as if all that matters is the doctor's time. And that's bullshit because 
my time is just as valuable as that doctor's time. More so to you. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, we all have one life to live. I mean, you want to get right down to it. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how, you know, important you are. You were born one day and you're going to die another day and you've got the time in between to do whatever you got to do. And that's all you get. You don't get to borrow time. You don't get to buy time. You just get that much time. My time is as fucking valuable as anybody's time, you know, and and I'm not going to sit in some doctor's office waiting for him, you know, I'm reusing this term so much, but to shove a probe up my ass to say, this is what you got, when I could do it at home, send the shit to the AI and have the AI say, oh yeah, I checked and, you know, you're running a fever and you've got this pus coming out of your ear or something and whatever and whatnot, and therefore you've got this, you more than likely the diagnosis is this. And an ambulance shows up your door at your door 15 minutes later, you get in, and off you go. To recap, you're going to shove a probe up your ass and send the shit to the internet. <sighs> okay, so you remember we talked about Jeffrey Epstein when he hung himself, uh, allegedly hung himself in his jail cell? Yes, many times. Well, there was a follow-up in the New York Post recently. First of all, a forensic pathologist said his observations in viewing the he actually was there for the autopsy, And he wasn't doing the autopsy. He was there sort of as an observer. But he says the evidence points more to murder than it does to to suicide. And, yeah, and it turns out they have not yet released the DNA evidence that they got from in the cell that they collected after the the, uh, event. Who's uh, they? Who's holding on to that? I don't know. I don't know, but, but I mean, this is federal authorities because it was a federal installation where it happened. This is like really looking like a cover-up. And somebody else, the Post was the first place that I read this, and then somebody else recently mentioned it. One of the talk show hosts, one of the comedy channel things, mentioned this also. Um, so it may not, because the Post is not the most reliable source in the world. I, I, if, I, if the New York Post is my only source, I'm kind of like, eh, it could go either way. I mean, <laughs> they're not the National Enquirer, but they're not the New York Times. Oh, speaking of the New York Times, I got one there, too. Okay, turns out that in Citrus County, Florida, they denied the library the funds for a digital subscription to the New York Times on the basis, <laughs> that, that. On the, basis that the New York Times is fake news. Well, a lot of times it is, but did you, I was going to ask if you saw the uh, ABC report. They leaked a ABC didn't. Somebody inside of ABC leaked a video of the reporter who, in 2015, interviewed Virginia Roberts. I want to say or something like that. Somebody tied to the Epstein case, I believe, an accuser, and she named in the interview Clinton. You know, Epstein. All these powerful people. Uh, sure, there's probably from, people we don't even know about. Somebody from England or whatever. Well, but the yeah. point is that the reporter interviewed this lady, but ABC never ran it. Of course and, not. And the recording that was released was the reporter who was pissed that they didn't run the story in her anger saying it was bullshit because she had this amazing story that was going to like set the news cycle on fire or whatever. Admittedly, she's not focused on the right things here, but, but she was mad because she knew why they didn't run it and they didn't run it because they got pressure from all these powerful people to squash the story. And ABC basically rolled over and didn't air it. That was, 
what the video that was leaked captured her ranting about. The same exact thing happened with a uh, expose. I don't remember who did it. If it was ABC, NBC, it was one of the big networks that did an expose on Boys Club uh, in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And one of the things, they, they trafficked young boys from there for different parties with these very important, powerful people, um, including some you know high-ranking Republicans and probably some Democrats in there too, I wouldn't be surprised. But I know that, that there were some people they mentioned that were high-placed Republicans at the time. But anyway, this story was um, pretty damning, but they interviewed a lot of the, the kids and they weren't kids at the time. They were older because they'd sort of gotten past this. And, right. you know, and talked to them about what, what happened to them when they were younger and they were taken to these parties. And, you know, I, I won't go into details, you know, sexual abuse stuff. But anyway, right. they did this. They manipulated these boys and they used them at these parties and stuff. And and, uh, and this was there was an expose done about it. It was like an hour long. And uh, once it was on the verge of being released, it got quashed. All of a sudden, somebody in a powerful place found out that they were doing the story and said, no, I don't think so. Well, one of them testified, and uh, it was a woman, and I don't remember her name, but I do remember looking it up to see if this was very, if this was a fact. But she was threatened by the FBI and told that if she testified and they did not convict the person, that they would charge her with perjury and send her to prison for perjury. Now, I don't know anybody since then, by the way, Bill Clinton was charged with perjury and didn't see a day in jail. So this is, you know, a crazy double standard. But they put this girl, and I kid you not, in prison for 70 years for perjury. Now, how do you think all the other witnesses saw that? You know, any chance that they're going to testify? Not right, a that's chance. That's probably exactly why they did it, too. Well, of course it was. Yeah, it sent a message that said, we're serious. If you testify and we discredit your testimony or we don't find this guy guilty, which, which they're not, okay? Let's face it. There are judges who have been implicated in this story. I mean, there's a lot of powerful people that get implicated in these kinds of things. Going back to Epstein, it's the same thing. We don't know how many people were in his circle because most of these people are pretty discreet. I mean, that's sort of the nature of their lives, right? They're, you know, they're highly placed, powerful people. They can't be seen going in and out of a whorehouse, right? So they do it in ways that people don't see them. And they have the money, they have the resources, they can do that. There's probably several, if not in the double digits, people that are associated with Epstein who did not want the story to come out. Oh, absolutely. And so after the reporter who, you know, was mad in 2015 because ABC kowtowed to the pressure, because the, the video of her making these comments in 2015 just came out, but she still works for them. Now she, they're asking her questions. And then she had to come out. Well, I don't know if she had to, but she has come out and said, well, that was just a moment of weakness. I was frustrated because my story didn't get on the air, but it really came down to ABC's editorial standards and we couldn't air this stuff without corroboration. And, oh, what a you know, so she's like totally backed down from... And you can imagine why. I mean, because in 2015, nobody knew. And yeah. she was trying to break the story. But now everybody, you know, knows. And they are those powerful people or whatever. So I'm sure that they've gotten to her by now and said, look, you better 
<laughs> well, apparently they got to the prosecutors also, because if you remember when Epstein died, they said, we are going to follow up on these things. We're going to make sure these people have their day in court, that they, you know, that this doesn't just get dropped, you know, and fall by the wayside. But I almost guarantee you that it not only has been dropped and has fallen by the wayside, but we will never hear about it. You know, other than maybe some some rumors about Epstein maybe having been murdered versus committing suicide. But that information is never going to be corroborated. It's never going to be mainstream news. And, uh, and the evidence that we need to prove it is in the DNA that they found in that cell, which they would have released by now if they were going to release it. I mean, the cameras were turned off. Were you there know, cameras? Mysteriously. Did we ever figure that out? The cameras were turned off. That's all I know. I, I don't know if they were dysfunctional or if they were just switched off. That I'm not sure of. Um, the two guards who were responsible for it were both sleeping. You know, yeah, re- really yeah. unusual stuff. I mean, it's one thing for one guy to fall asleep. Um, there's all kinds of just really... Bizarre. I saw this on TV. It's called chloroform. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, or that or 100 bucks that says, hey, here's 100 bucks to say you were sleeping. Um, just go, you know, go off into your thing, turn your back to the monitor and say you're sleeping. Uh, you know? That'd be pretty cheap. If I were that guard, I wouldn't do it for a hundred bucks. I have no idea. And, and I'm, and, and to be, bucks. you know, to be totally clear here, most of the stuff I'm saying is speculation, right? I don't know what happened. I don't know what the motivation is. I don't know how many people were associated with Epstein. I think it's reasonable to assume there was some high-powered people who didn't want him to end up in court and testify to all this stuff, but we don't know. So, you know, just to be fair, to be completely, totally clear, I'm not saying I know anything, just saying this is going to get swept under the rug, and because of the news cycle we have, people are just going to forget about it, and that'll be it. If he had any associates at all, I'm sure that they would not want this stuff brought up in the court even if they're completely innocent, even if they were just friends with Jeffrey Epstein but never took part in any of the wrongdoing that he was doing, they still wouldn't just want even their name associated with it brought up in court. And you know those people who associated with him were not poor. So almost by definition, he had rich, powerful associates Sure, that did not want stuff coming out in court. Right. Uh, follow up from last week, uh, the jewel thing. Um, we talk. About, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but we talked about it recently. Um, jewel now apparently some insider from Jewel says that when after they first released their e-cigarettes. Oh, okay, J U U L. J U U. Yeah, J U L. All right, the makers of the e-cigs. I was thinking of the singer chick. Okay. Yeah, what do they call them? The vape. What do they call? I mean, is it? It's an e-cigarette, right? Because yeah, it's, it's e-cig the, vaping. It's, it's all a vaping kind of the problem. Yeah, well, vaping is the what you do with it, right? So, anyway, so yeah, shortly after they came out with it, apparently they got a lot of phone calls from teenagers asking where they could buy them and where they could buy cartridges and all this. So they immediately knew that they had a huge amount of popularity among young people, and apparently there was an internal discussion, according to some ex-employee or ex-official that, that worked there about whether or not they should do something about that in 2015, shortly after the product release. And they decided that their 500% a year increase in profits was worth 
ignoring the teenage problem, even though they, by the way, now deny that that discussion ever happened. And there's several scientists who've come out, health type scientists, you know, people that work for like universities or, or, or government establishments saying that they warned Jewel, they told them, hey, you know, you've got a problem with youth adopting this, you know, e-cigarette and, and you're, this could destroy your company, so you need to do something. And of course, the Jewel people turned a deaf ear to that too, because apparently they were making a ton of money, not just making a ton of money, but they said 500% a year growth. So they weren't just making a profit. They were, profits were five times as much every year on year. So (laughs) they're like, why would we do anything about this? Are you nuts? Capitalism, baby. I know, I know. I've said it before. Okay, we'll talk about the kid that fell from the zip line. It was a major fuck up on the part of the zip line operator or whoever was supposed to buckle this kid in, but they failed to buckle him in properly. So that's not encouraging. I've thought about doing those and I'm afraid of heights. Well, the the safety gear they have, and I would see and this is one of the things that one of the reasons I bring it up is because I think there's multiple people at fault here. I, I I completely, totally get that the company that was running the thing is 100% responsible for someone getting injured if they didn't apply the safety equipment properly. However, given the world we live in and the fact that we have you know pilots that get in a plane drunk and we have operators of these machines that aren't really paying attention and we have... But if somebody buckles your seatbelt, I suggest you check it. Right, I suggest you make yeah. sure that they did did it right, and, and you know test it to make sure it's it's good. And if it and if it releases when you tug on it, be like, hey, this isn't working, you know, because this is your life. Like this kid landed on his head, and that's something else I want to point out is actually that that harness did him a disservice because what happened was he hit a point at the at on the zip line where it made a turn, and he lost his grip. You know, he's holding himself up, and I actually think he probably should have had a stronger grip, but that's just a, that's a stupid aside. I, I was like, kids need to get out more. They need to exercise more. But that's beside the point. He lost his grip. He, he wasn't able to hold on. And uh, and when he did that, he started falling, right? But the, the straps that were supposed to catch him weren't buckled, but they caught him enough to torque his body, so instead of falling, like if you drop from something by letting go with your hands, you fall feet first, right? Right. Well, they... They flipped him over. They flipped him over, and he landed practically on his head. He fell Ugh. 15 feet and got really badly injured. He's... he's, he's he, I want to say he's okay. He's not okay. He's, he's in recovery. He's back in school, but his entire life will be changed because he damaged some cervical vertebrae and things like that. He did some serious damage. He ended up being life flighted out of there. So he's never going to be the same. And I'm not saying he won't live a full life, but he's going to be injured for life. I mean, these are permanent injuries. And well, at least he only fell 15 feet. Yeah, it yeah, it could have been, been worse. <laughs> it definitely could have been worse. Um, but I, I just, I guess the moral of the story for me on something like that is, if you're the child or you're the parent of the child, you need to verify. Like, this is this is important shit. And somebody who's buckling people in all day long and probably going and smoking some weed in the back room on his breaks doesn't really care about your kid that much. And I don't mean to... You know, now somebody's going to be like, this guy didn't mean he made a mistake. You know what? Yes, he made a mistake, but this is something you're not allowed to make a mistake at. This is something where you buckle, you check. 
You, you know, everything you do, you check because you make sure, yes, this buckle's holding and the kid's, you know, buckled in there, right? And then, and then when you're done with that, you go back and check again. Because if you really give a shit, you know that someone's going to get injured if you don't check, right? But again, if you're the one getting in this ride or you're the parent of a small child getting in this ride, you need to verify that, yes, this person who's getting paid minimum wage actually did what you expected them to do and that everything is kosher. I mean, sometimes the equipment might be not working right and you need to, you know. Right. Well, say, I mean, that's that's what I was going to bring up is we're, we're holding some minimum wage you know, teenager to a awful high standard. I mean, you know, like with doctors, there's certifications and boards and all kinds of things in place if somebody screws up and they have to buy liability insurance and stuff like that. I mean, if these rides are that dangerous, think about all your carnivals and your zip lines and your, I don't know, roller coasters and bungee jumpings. And I mean, there's thousands of those things out there and those people are not regulated at all. No, somebody got thrown out of a out of one of those whirl wheel things or whatever at an amusement park not too long ago. I was in the news. I don't know, right, a that's weeks what I'm ago. saying. And so yeah. all those people are unregulated, poorly paid, you know, entry level job type kids usually or hucksters. Yeah. yeah, unless you're at Disney World where they I think they pay them a dollar more than minimum wage there. Yeah, but I bet they take their safety concerns a lot more serious because could you imagine? Suing Disney World? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a good reputation. They're very, you know, I mean, that's the place where you can't have a tattoo. You know, you, you have to be like Mr. Goody Two-Shoes to work there. You, you, they, you know, really picky about who they hire, and and, uh, and and they're prudes, and they're very concerned about their safety record. I'm sure that they don't, you know, any maintenance checks, any inspections that have to be done to the equipment, they probably do religiously. But that's, you know, that's not going to be the case everywhere. And and regardless of how fastidious a company is, a company could have a sterling reputation. They're only as good as their employees are on that day. And everybody has a bad day and everybody can miss something and everybody can make a mistake. I wasn't trying to say that this person who made the mistake was, was, a, was a, you know, not caring or not paying attention. I'm just simply saying that it's possible that they could be high, that they could be you know, half asleep, that they could just be overwhelmed, like they could just have such a big line of people, they're just in a big hurry. Or, right. or, or just that they're human. I mean, or, I, or, what I hear your point is, your life. Yeah, you yeah, check you it. should check. That's it. You should check. And then it's no, you know, I've been on a zip line. I've been on many zip lines. A lot of them were homemade, you know, somebody where we just hung on to a, a piece of, you know, a thing with two handles on it. And yeah, you know, and drop <laughs> off in the water. So to me, this is all, it never was safe to begin with. But I've been also on commercial zip lines where they give you the safety harness and clip it to the cable and all that. And I'm checking that shit, you know. Not that I'm really worried about in, in Minnesota? I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a common thing, especially if you're about to fall, you know, into like cold water. I tried to zip line over the water, and you were talking about how that kid lost his grip going around the turn. Yeah. I lost my grip in about half a second. I do not realize how much I weigh or how long it's been since I've done a pull-up. <laughs> <laughs> and I tanked fast. <laughs> oh, no. Now is that... It's a good thing I was falling into water. 
Oh, so so that wasn't like you started out over land and had to wait until you got over the water. No, you're on a platform and you grab a hold of the thing and you like jump kind of. And, and that's it. And, you're over the water. And zip down to where, you know, if you if you go all the way, you actually get to the point where you run into the water naturally because the zip line declines. Oh, your feet or, just drag in the water if you go far enough. Okay. I if you it. do it right. If you yeah. do it like me, you fall just off fall immediately. feet. And, ah! Exactly. And basically, yeah. I did a giant belly flop in a more embarrassing fashion. That kind of reminds me of a um, a rope swing we found in the Uari. You had to climb the tree to get to the rope swing. Um, it, there was like a they nailed boards to the tree, so you had like a ladder going up. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and you'd climb like you know fifteen feet up in the air, and that's where you would start from for the swinging. And you'd swing out over the river, and at some point you let go. Uh, unless you want to come back and hit the tree really hard. <laughs> but but I was when I did that I was like, "Oh my god, like first of all, you're you're on the opposite side of the tree that you're going to swing away from." So so when you take a hold of the rope, you're on one side of the tree and you're going to sort of swing around the tree holding onto this rope and then okay. swing out over the river. And it's all kind of like a, you know, kind of a like it feels a little un unstable like oh what if i slip on this rope you know like you're like ah anyway so then once you start swinging out you're spinning around because you you've got it off to a funny start to begin with so you're spinning and you're swinging and you're like okay now i'm gonna drop into this water i have no idea what i'm gonna hit when i hit the water because you know you didn't go check it out first like because you swing way out over the river you're like yeah you're like you know way out there you're like 20 feet in the air and then you let go and you're like, God, I hope the water's deep enough, right? Yeah, you know, or that there aren't alligators in there or rocks or something. Well, that's the thing, the rock. Yeah, I, there's no gators up there. But yeah, if there's like, just happen, you just happen to hit the one spot where there's a boulder and the water's only two feet deep, you know? Because I actually hit the bottom. The water was probably like eight feet deep and I hit the bottom because it was, a, it was a long drop. I mean, it was like a jump off of a high board. I would be conflicted because I'm 20 feet up and I'm scared of heights. I don't want to let go of the rope. But then I'm headed for a tree. So yeah, I, I don't think you. Yeah, like, this, ah, ah, what do I do? This well, you could push off the tree. I suppose you could put your feet yeah. out if you could stop swinging long enough. You know, stop spinning. You could conceivably, when you get back to the tree, you're at the end of your pendulum swing, so you're not going to hit the tree really hard. You could just sort of brace yourself for impact, kind of go, ah, bump. Right, and, but then you're going to swing back out over the river again, and you get back to the tree, and pretty soon you're going to just be hanging. In space, <laughs> kind of over the shore yeah. of the river, not really over, you know, not where you can get off, but not where you can, yeah, you'd be kind of like, yeah, okay, now I'm really kind of screwed. Because you really want to drop off as far out in the river as you can get. That's the whole, the goal is to get out in the deep water, right? Like Lancelot and Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Like, ah, uh, can somebody give me a push, please? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm just hanging here. So yeah, I've done lots of, you know, dangerous things in my life and I I just I look at these kids nowadays and I'm thinking, man, they need to get some some exercise. They need to get out and do some of these things so that when they do a zip line, cuz the kid, I mean, the kid could have just hung on. He didn't need his safety harness. The safety harness is completely unnecessary. Well, that's why I told my story. Hanging on's a lot harder than you think. Well, it's not harder than I think. Well, it's harder than I think. Especially, well, it's harder than you think. Especially <sighs> since I weigh twice as much as I did the last time I did a pull-up. 
And I didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't think they need more exercise. They need to stay inside. Like if you don't get on the zip line, you can't fall they off the zip line. That's uh, true, hard. but... Anyway, we need to wrap it up, so I guess life is hard, and Rob can't hang on for very long, so... Life is dangerous. I hope so. But it could be worse. Otherwise, how else would you get off this fucking merry-go-round? You could go the Epstein way. I know we've joked about this before, but if Trump gets re-elected, I'm going to have to move to Canada, and Canada's probably going to be building a wall. Yeah, but it's Canada. They'll put doors in their wall. You think? Yeah, like, come on in, eh? Well, I speak Canadian, so they'll probably let me in anyway. I don't know that. Yeah, that ain't Canadian. <laughs> you think that'll throw them? No, I'm. You know, I could. I could do the. I could do the. I could do the. I was born in Minnesota. But yeah, I don't know. I can't even do my Minnesota accent. You sound like a Minnesota Texan. I know. I was, I was born in Minnesota. I know. I'm so confused. Life is hard, and it's the end of the podcast. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.